You're listening to the Mess and Mercy podcast with Katie Sanders, where you'll be inspired to grow in your walk with Jesus and live out your God-purpose life by faith and obedience. Now, here's your host, Katie Sanders. Hey, y'all, it's Katie. I'm so glad to be back with y'all. I have missed you guys. I've kind of been in this season of discernment where I've just kind of been trying to be still and quiet and let the Lord lead. Um, But here we are today, and we're going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about um, this message that God has kind of been building for a little while now, what you look like versus who you are. Um, So today we're going to talk about appearances. It's something that God has kind of been undoing with me for a little while now, not just in myself, but just overall and the things that I see going on around me. Um, you know, when you go to buy a car and you're sure that nobody has this car and you buy it and then all of a sudden you see your same car everywhere. Um, this has kind of been like that for me. I've noticed, um, something that God is working on in my own life and, um, it has just shown up over and over in other places that I had not noticed it before. Um, But all of this kind of started when I went to Emmaus back in September. And for those of you that don't know what Emmaus is, um, it feels like I'm pulling away from its holiness when I say that it's like a Christian retreat. But it is truly a weekend of a piece of heaven like as close as I could imagine heaven being and when I came home that Sunday night and on into that Monday I wanted to hold on to the sacredness that I had experienced there and me and my husband were going to lunch the Monday after and we were pulling in to get sushi and I can't even remember what the context of the conversation was, but I told him that I was like, you know, I want us to be more intentional with how we talk to each other, just even when it's just you and me, because, um, my husband is my safe place. I can tell him anything. I can come to him and be open and honest and transparent and tell him exactly how I'm feeling. Um, and he accepts that from me and we can work through it and talk about it and try to rationalize what is actually going on um, outside of us. Uh, And he's just my safe place. And, and he was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do that. So what I found was, unfortunately, how hard it is, especially in our safe places, where we're comfortable at, who, who we're comfortable with, it's hard to not have opinions, um, to hear other people's opinions and not react or respond to those, or to have your own opinions and force those on others in a way that is um, not exactly biblically aligned. Um, And we are so easily influenced by the things that we're around. And while I was away on that weekend trip, the atmosphere was just different there. Um, It was a place where vulnerability was welcomed and hard things was were talked about and bigger things were faced and God just used that time to drag people's history, their past to the altar and to transform their lives and 
the vulnerability that was welcomed there built community that was honestly just lasting and necessary for a good Christian life. If you're going to walk the way that the Bible has outlined. Um, And I'm so grateful for the women that God put in my life from that weekend. But then you're back to the world and suddenly before you realize it, what you have reconciled, the things that you have put away, the pieces of you that you tried to lay down are back again because we are so distracted by just life. You're busy at work. You get tired at home. You're back to picking your kids over your husband or time with your husband over your time with God, your time in the Bible with the scripture, or maybe what we are terribly guilty over is picking our cell phones and social media and TV over all of those things, including our kids and our family um, and our time with God. And you get aggravated. You think those things are, and somebody else says it, and so you just kind of hop in, and it's like a vulnerability trap that you just fall into over and over, and it shows back up, and you don't even realize that it's happened because we're so comfortable in it. And I don't know which is more unfortunate, that we can live in two completely different worlds like that, or that we would allow ourselves to. Why is there a gap between who we are and what we want to look like? And, you know, I, it's not some um, big secret answer. It's because we've created it. God's unveiling of this has gone on and on with examples um, that I've crossed paths with. But we're only going to talk about three today. And... Number one, the lies start with us. Um, It's sad because this ongoing cycle with it starts right where we sit right now in this very minute. We are cultivating and creating a culture that is a lie. Um, I read in scripture that um, I'm chosen and purposed and important and called and worthy that we're more precious than gold that we are forgiven and that we are justified in Christ and we are reconciled to Christ and we are able to share in his authority. And then I look at myself and I see things like wrinkles and the fact that I'm not 20 anymore. I see the mistakes that I've made and then my mind starts going and I think that everybody else that I come in contact with also knows all of the mistakes that I made. So I kind of just drop my head and keep walking. I feel called to ministry, but I don't feel called. I don't feel qualified to walk in that call because sometimes people make me frustrated and I say things that I shouldn't. And obviously, you know, I can't share God's love if I'm not perfect. It's a real reality to what things feel like for me. And as women, we take on so much And so we feel like we've accomplished so little and then small things feel like big things and somehow missing a day of laundry turns into us being the worst wife ever and letting your kids eat something that's not organic 
like chicken nuggets means that they won't get into a decent college. Like we things grow grandeur because we get overwhelmed and then little things start to add up and feel like big things. And so we lie. We dress it up and that leading us to problem number two the world around us will not be vulnerable because we won't be we'd rather pretend like we don't have problems at all than we had actually try and address and fix them and that is everything that's something that I have learned very quickly in ministry is everybody wants to talk to you about their problems, but nobody wants to do anything. And nobody, I mean, nobody wants the answer that God is good. Get in your Bible. Have you been reading your Bible? Have you been reading scripture? People don't want those answers. Um, They just want to talk about their problems. And that can be idolistic. And in some ways, I have personally experienced um, one particular thing over the last year or so that I just could not move, still sometimes get hung up on, could not move past. And when something permeates your mind like that and it starts separating you from who you are, the Word of God, or just your life in general because you are so fixated on thinking about this one particular thing that is driving you crazy, you have started idolizing that problem versus taking real steps to deal with and fix them. And that's just a a harsh reality, reality. But we have created a culture that says it's not okay to be a mess. You know, your house should be clean. Your kids should never wear mismatching socks. I don't know, crazy stuff. You have to be no bigger than a size six. And if you wear a size eight, you need to be busting it to get in that size six. We lie about our marriages and about our jobs and about each other. And I'm not sure what for. So we have something else to measure up to, like something else to work harder at. Why do We do these things, and it's so sad because we've created it for ourselves. God did not come to heal the healthy. He came to heal the sick. He said, come ye all who are heavy burden, and I will give you rest. God asked for the broken and contrite spirit. For that kind of spirit, he will not refuse. He didn't ask for prideful, perfect, pompous people. He can't do anything with that. He asked for brokenness, for submission, for purpose in the testimony that he has built in us. Those are the things that he wants. And I was reading in Jeremiah 23 um, a few nights ago, and my heart, it was just, I love when a piece of scripture just reaches out and just touches you like that. God says, I'm, am I just God, you know, within a hand's distance, but not a God far away? 
Can man hide in secret places so that I cannot see him? Do I not feel heaven and earth? I mean, who are we trying to fool ourselves? That weekend felt so good to just sit in the Lord's presence, a stillness that truly just allows his voice to reach out and squeeze your heart. And that's just it. It's a stillness. All through the Bible, God begs people to be still and to listen to him. And all through the Bible, we have chosen to go our own separate ways. We laugh at the Pharisees in the Bible at how ridiculous their rules were or how obvious their inconsistencies seemed, but we're running around doing the same thing in a modernized way. And that brings us to number three. God calls us to be obedient, but not overloaded. Like we're missing God somewhere. Somewhere down in the line of religion, we've decided that the only way to be a good Christian is to be a busy one. And we are totally, totally missing it there. We go and do and serve and sing and we're exhausted And we have our hands in so much that it takes just a deep breath just to get through the next church shower or Bible study. And your worship feels empty and your prayers are growing short and your heart is heavy and you wonder why. Where is God? I'm doing all of these things. Where is he at? But you're moving entirely too fast to see him. Just be still and sit at God's feet and get in his word and see what he has to say for you. Not what he said to your preacher through the word on Sunday. Not what he said to your Sunday school teacher. Not what you were taught on Wednesday nights. What does God have for you? Why do you feel this way? What have you done to try and connect with God and unshake those feelings like when did the bible stop being enough for us when did scripture stop being enough like children's programs are great and sunday school is great and church luncheons and women's events and small groups these are all good good things but i promise It's the same in all the other churches. You have just a few small people, you know, the little church ladies, you know exactly who I'm talking about, doing everything. And it's not because no one else will stand up. It's because you won't sit down. Like, you are busy doing and doing and doing to the point to where you are exhausted And you're so tired. And not only that, but you are also taking away from someone else's ministry and message that God has given them because you won't allow anybody else to have an opportunity to serve. You cannot do it all. It's like building a fire and expecting it to burn without ever replacing the wood. We cannot serve Jesus effectively if we have not taken the time to study him efficiently. And we miss that. Once we get saved, we just throw them into whatever we can get people to do. And all that's necessary to build a good Christian life is Christ. 
like it you service for your gifts but you don't you've got to study the word and find out what those look like we're all given spiritual gifts and we're all called to exercise those gifts you know i've heard it said that our gifts are not for us but in a way that gives and receives you can serve and be a blessing and you can serve also and feel blessed. But if you haven't heard anything else, if your heart is not warm when you do it or after it's over, sit down because you are not serving anymore. You are performing. If what you are doing, whether that be um, a praise team or leading a small group or teaching the kids in Sunday school, if you are not warm and passionate about what you are doing and how you are serving, it's because it is not service. It's showmanship. And God cannot be glorified in that because that is about me, me, me my image. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. And we're taking that away from God. It's not God in us and through us. It is you trying to get everything done. And busy isn't always best. And productivity does not always produce fruit. I think all of this is... um full circle and it's why I've gone around the world to tell you that it starts with Jesus we are what we allow and isn't that scary that if we don't move from where we are it's not a position it's a choice we can get intimate with God's word and crowd out the lies that we try and force on ourselves We can quit being perfect and start being purposeful. And if we spend the gift that we have well, it'll provide an atmosphere for both. But there is a gap between who we are and what we feel like we should look like. And people want to talk to other broken people. You don't want to come to a perfect person that feels like they've got everything together and tell them about your mess. You want somebody that'll come alongside you and say, hey, I've been there. I understand what you're going through. And if we're all pretending to be perfect people, there's no one for us to come alongside when we've fallen down. And I think that's why it's so important to stand in the truth. Um, Just before The scripture that I read earlier, it says, But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my word to my people, and they would have turned them from their evil ways and from the ways of their evil deeds. If we stand in truth, we can proclaim who Christ is, the Lord over our lives, what he has done, give an accurate testimony and lives will be changed and evil will be conquered. But we have got to evaluate the gap. We have got to recognize what the enemy is doing to defeat him. 
Are you pretending like you were something that you're not? Do you say things when you close your door that you wouldn't say out in in the open? Are you feeling things that aren't God's truth for you? Do you feel like you put yourself down or you don't see yourself as God sees you? Are you saying things that you wouldn't say at work at home? Are you doing things at work that you wouldn't do at church? Why it is amazing to me how different people can act under a roof that's got a pulpit versus the real outside world. Like Sunday is a completely separate day. We are totally different people outside the realms of church. Are you doing more at church than you are doing with God? Religion is great if it is revolved around a relationship. But what I think is so important in the church today is we are so busy. We think that we have got to be involved in all of these things, and we do need to be involved in things. However, you cannot skim the surface of Scripture and be there to perform whatever program or lunch or shower or whatever it is that you're trying to participate in. Like, if you want to serve somebody and serve them well, the best, very, very best thing that you can do for that church and your family is to get in the Word of God and devour the Scripture for yourself. Because at the end of the day, your preacher, your pastor, is not going to stand up beside you at judgment and be there to answer all of those hard and fast questions that the Lord is going to ask you. You are accountable for yourself and your salvation. And the scripture cannot be spoon-fed to you. You have to learn it for yourself. It's sacred. It is a gift of transformation if only we would use it. It is amazing what God can do through Scripture. It's amazing to me that people don't think that it's relevant. Is your religion or are the things that you're a part of, is that compromising your relationship with God? Do you spend more time serving than you spend studying? I know those are big questions. They're hard questions. They're things that we all probably need to evaluate and things that some of us, probably all of us, are not going to apply to our lives. But I want to invite you and encourage you to stand in those things and spend time praying over them because the only people that we're fooling here are ourselves the scripture says can a man hide himself in secret places that I cannot see and I think what is so sad is um, a lot of times all the time God knows and sometimes we are just too distracted to realize and see for ourselves that we do not um 
proclaim God's truth over your life, over what he says that you are. You are purposed and created for something divine, something that is only yours. Only you can walk out the mission that Christ has set before you. Don't put up a front. Don't post that picture of you and your husband talking about how he is your best friend if y'all are falling apart. Say, hey, we are struggling. I need somebody to help me. I understand. I have lived a life of trying to put it all together And I had dressed my life up so much at one point, and I was so utterly broken that I did not even recognize who I was. I didn't recognize myself because I had tried to make myself fit into a place that I just didn't. I wanted to belong, and that comes from seeking things that I was not planned and purposed for. Sit down at church. Be still. God gave us that story of Mary and Martha for a reason. You know, Martha got so upset because she was so busy and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and she was running around. And I know, I know that I know that these little church ladies have got to get frustrated because they feel like nobody else is doing anything to help. And what you don't realize is... Sometimes God just calls us to a stillness, to reorient ourselves to what our purposes are. And we cannot truly sink ourselves in the word if we are running around prioritizing every other, everything else over Christ. Um, service can be an idol. Um, showmanship can be an idol. We could accomplish so much more if we were not determined to receive credit for everything that we do. Are you pretending to be something that you're not? Are you feeling things that are not God's truth for you? Are you saying things at home that you would not say at work? Are you doing things at work that you would not do at church? Are you doing more at church than you are with God? Is your religion compromising your relationship? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for who you are, God. God, I pray for this people that God, your message would just reach out and touch their hearts, God, in the place that they need it. God, I pray that we would let you be enough. We would let your word be enough that scripture would start being the source of our service again, that we would start with you first and let you speak And God, be obedient to only the things that you have called us to be. And that the people that aren't serving God, give them a boldness to step into what you have for them. 
to step into their gifts and their purpose, God. That we could be a place of vulnerability um, and not a place of plastic, God. That we could just invite people in and let them feel welcome in their brokenness and in their messes, God, because there are mercy in the messes. And we just thank you for that. I thank you so much for being patient with us as we try to figure out who we are in you, God. I pray that you would equip us to go um, about our weeks, God, that you would use us in a way that brings you glory and that you would just touch us in a way that will compel us to a different standard for ourselves, God. Thank you so much for your spirit of understanding, God. Thank you so much for you. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe and meet us here again. Or head on over to Katie's website, messandmercy.com, to find more encouragement like free devotionals, Bible studies, and the blog. Thank you for tuning in to the Mess and Mercy podcast. We hope to see you again.